Wake up in the morning feeling like Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. I'm Nolly Waterman. I'm Laura Jane Jones. And this, my friends, is the Try Hard Podcast. Hello, Tryhards. Well, that sounded enthusiastic. Sorry. I don't, Are you going to whinge on about being ill still? No, I'm going to whinge about you taking so long to go through your notes. It's now half past nine at night. Some of us have got to edit this podcast. All right. Well, to be honest, there's been some... Thrilling rugby over the weekend and I needed to actually find some points to talk about um, because, yeah, Struggleville. (laughs) Struggling. Um, Kiara. Kiara. It's actually broken me how people have announced (laughs) that like so badly. And I'm like, surely once you hear it once and someone says it correctly, you're like, oh, right, okay then. But still people are like, oh, yeah, Storm, Ciara. I'm like, what? Sorry, what? Sierra. Um, you know what? This beat is One automatic, of... supersonic. I do know that song. I didn't know that was Sierra. So can you remember ages ago there was a storm and someone put like a picture of like a plastic chair falling over and was like, oh, it's hit me. Yeah. This is genuine. I mean, we have some random things in my garden, but um, the chairs had moved, the table and table with the umbrella fallen over. Did you find any of my underwear? Because <laughs> that's where your dog <laughs> likes to hide it. Yeah, I was going to say, please put context to that. I honestly, so when um, Nolly was in China last year, and coaching, I was staying, winning coach, medals, winning medals, flying the flag um, for Italy. I was staying at the house with uh, Harriet Miller Mills um and two ginger rats two ginger rats so one ginger rat was on the sofa the other one was just sheepishly going through my bag Um, this is my dog by the way yeah anyone that doesn't know koya Koya is the dog so i went and had a shower came back into the bedroom and my underwear which i I lay my clothes out my underwear had disappeared and i went downstairs and i was like has has koya like come through here with my bra she was like no i haven't seen her and I was like, right, okay. So I'm like frantically looking around the house thinking I've lost my bra somewhere. And then my last stitch attempt, I went out in the garden where my bra had been hidden behind <laughs> Nolly's bike. And then about eight weeks later, my <laughs> knickers turn up yeah, I in the same them. place. I found them. And Simone was a bit like, are these yours? So I was like, no, it's a little bit weird but anyway. So yeah. How, apart from... Watching rugby. The storm and watching rugby. What have you been up to? Um, really difficult weekend for me, actually. I um, didn't start well. Um, I always back Wales. Um, so match point came off to a really bad start for me. Then it looked like I was going to get a perfect prediction in France, Italy, only for that to not come off. So I'll be honest, I'm I'm not the happiest I've ever been. Where are you in all of the things? Leagues, etc. Look, uh, for me... <laughs> in the World Cup cycle where we are, it's about performances, it's about building, and it's about finding out a lot oh, right. about so ourselves. All the last time you were in Match Pine and you were in front of me every <laughs> single week because basically I forgot to do them. You were ahead of me. Um, yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm Actually, I'm quite, I'm quite high up. I'm I? 130th in the Tryhards League. In the Legends League, I'm joint fifth with Shanks. You are second Ooh. behind Alex Payne. Am 
I? Yeah. To be fair, we've we do have extra people um, on the Tryhards League, thanks to my little shimmy onto stage with the House of Rugby crew. Oh, yeah, last how was week. that? Um, I'd had a couple of glasses of wine beforehand, so I was oh. in great spirits. Um, oh, I'd loose. been at an event um, with Barnsley. Um, oh, whilst you're on that, we are building a special prize for whoever wins the overall Tryhards League on Match Pint. And Barnsley has put something very, very special in there. There is a very special Wayne Barnes gift in there. So yeah. we're not going to tell you what, but there's a little tease. Are you going to take it out and keep it for yourself? I might. Yeah. We'll see. Well, you've said it on the pod now, but no one will know what it is. No one will know what it is. Um, that packet of crisps that he's donated. Woo! <laughs> but Shakespeare and Martineau were class, actually, um, as a law firm. And never quite sure how um, like corporate events are going to be. But yeah. um, having spoken to Dalji, the lady that organised it before, she was like, we want to bring some entertainment to our um colleagues and guests of the so what did you do juggle um barnsley and i just tore into each other i basically forced him into a lot of stories from world cup from um him winning the world referee of the year and still not having his award um that hasn't been found wow yeah um but i've got got an idea of where it is somewhere in uh in tokyo but it's a poggy um so that was your warm-up and then you went and ripped hask to shreds from what i've seen on social media well I, w- I wouldn't say that we did have mega lols um fair play to alex payne he is an absolute wizard at keeping just even the slightest bit of control um so on the good. stage and He's so uh, good you've got to love al pal but it was a good it was a really good evening um <laughs> Ended up singing Mambo Number no. 5 with um, Mike Tyndall, which was always entertaining. And also met the lovely, delightful um, Johnny Beatty. Oh, lovely Johnny Beatty. What a great guy. I actually would be a fan of Johnny Beatty Sr. personally. Love his dad. Yeah, see, I'm not in the know of like... I know he's... I, I knew you just need name. to get like following him on Twitter. Oh, really? Love him. He's just like the sweetest, loveliest man. Well, and obviously, like a legend in his own right, and a you know former Scottish superstar, but just as like a lovely man. We started talking about match point, and we moved away from it. We haven't said well done to this week's winner, John Lee from uh, Dublin. He's a and we also man. think from House of Rugby. Yeah, convert, good lad. Well done. Woo-hoo! But you know Welcome. What? We, had, we had a few people who were like, I'd never heard of your podcast before. Nolly went on House of Rugby. And I was like, wow, okay. I feel like I talk about it to everyone I come into contact with. But well, that's not that many people because well, you live well, in Cardiff and you only speak to your mates. That is completely untrue. <laughs> you only speak to your dog. Um, so What's welcome you, anyone who's joined us this week. Uh, for those who are working through the back catalogue and are going to get to this around September time. Um, <laughs> working hope, on Hope you've had a great summer. <laughs> Should we talk about the rugby that's gone on? Have you got anything else to to report? No, not really. I don't think so. I've been really, really busy, but I can't tell you what I've done. Uh, What? Like you can't remember or you're being secretive? No, I I just genuinely can't remember. I mean, I could get my diary and go through it with you, but... Let's not do that. Yeah, no. I'm Um, going to France tomorrow. Why? I'm going to interview Thierry Doucetois. Oh, sorry about (laughs) that. Sorry about me. (laughs) I am. So so I... I reckon up there with top five of like... Obviously, I'm talking rugby here, but he—I mean—he's a good guy. He's also like one of the the genuine greats of the, of this 
millennium. When you think about what he did, he's only the second French captain to beat the big Southern Hemisphere three. Heineken Cup winner, top 14 winner, World Cup finalist, really? World Player of the Year, two-time nominee. That's why Matt Gitto was drooling over him when we were over in uh, World Cup at the hospitality. Everyone drools uh, yeah, over him. Also, I'm... congratulations to the Gittos, baby number three on the way. So just want to shout out to Matt and Bianca. Do they know what flavour it is? Well, I hope that they do in that Matt put hashtag hope it's a girl. So I hope they know it's a girl because uh, otherwise it's going to be awkward for that. Well, boy. Um, I actually found it quite strange today because I sat down at lunchtime and watched Scotland, England women's and it kind of felt like a weekend. Well, before we <laughs> dive into the game, I want to know if you've ever played in conditions like that because that was Billy Bonkers. I don't... I... I <laughs> I actually have done. So we were up at Mosley um Ooh, exotic. a long, long time ago and they decided to run an England trial. Uh. And we used to do like a thing called Super Fours. I don't even know whether it was that year, but it's the top kind of eighty old players in the country and then they we all play off. Um they'd always say it was equal on paper. It wouldn't the London team would be so stacked, it'd be ridiculous <laughs> and they'd carve up. Um I'd be in the little rat bag um team and actually so I, because I was playing scrum half back then, um, actually, no, I think I played, I was, had I ventured back to the back three? Maybe. Um, but Catherine Spencer um, was my number eight. Congratulations, so Catherine, yeah. on your new book release. Yeah, and actually, I'm just thinking, that's pretty massive news. The first, I don't think it was the first ever women's rugby book, um, because Non Evans actually did one, I'm sure, a yeah. long time ago. That might have been about her sporting career as a whole. But yeah. Um, massive shout out for for Spence. Mauler mascara, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. All the M's. Mum, 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 mum. Well done to Catherine Spencer. It's great to see. Do you reckon I should write a book? I think I should ghostwrite it for you, mate. <laughs> I think it would be. It, it wouldn't be notebook. like a book. It'd be like one of those. Um, <laughs> it'd be one of those. Giant... You have lots of pictures. It'd be a lot of pictures, and I think and like get flaps. Bored pull your flaps all the way through it. Pardon? You know, like the books <laughs> where it's. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I've done a lot of babysitting <laughs> lately and it just, sorry, overspill. <laughs> you know, I make you laugh. Um, right, should we talk about the rugby then? Oh, there's been so much whinging about women's rugby this week. Right, um, so up in Mosley and they decided to carry on with a game that was basically like playing on um, tiny little bits of glass every time you fell over oh, because stop. it was so frozen. And then it decided to snow. And I remember at one point the st- we turned around at half time, and I definitely was in the back three. And um, I remember looking and basically being like, "I'm blind. I can't <laughs> see. It's white." There was so much um, snowflakes like forming on my. I listened eyelashes. to the game today on Five Live, and Rocky was the co-coms and. Uh, every opportunity possible in the second half she went on about how she's played with back three players over the years who would moan about these conditions and how much they wouldn't like it and i in my head i was thinking she's talking about nolly she's talking (laughs) about nolly the whole time 100 percent. oh change the game plan let's keep it keep it tight make sure that we right so let's not involve the people that have stood and basically rocky was full on nosing off she was like "I, I, i love games like this because uh yeah, loads of carries for the forwards. Yeah, awful. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, definitely not one for outside backs. However, um, I think on that, the the outside backs completely tore up for uh, England women. Yeah. Um, Abby Dow, I think. How many me, she got now in the tournament? How many I, she got today? Three? No, she got two today. Uh, 
eight, ten, I'm not sure. But um, not quite as many as me. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, she scored, I, rank, I reckon it will be the, the try of the tournament. Unbelievable. Um, short ball off of a counter-attack. Fend, 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 footwork, and then accelerate to the line. And then... Um, the, the ball transfer and the detail of what she did was yeah. superb and, and Giselle talked about um, Abby's kind of confidence this season and she's actually not one of the contracted players because she's still um, studying at university um, for those that have listened to the pod a long time you'll know how obsessed I am a little bit with the fact that she's going to become an engineer from Imperial but absolutely obsessed um, but yeah so she got to Jess Breach got to um, hers were a little bit more of a run-in but um, she still had to do a bit of work mm. and then Emily Scott who actually got player of the match um, from fullback um, yeah she did a couple of assists and uh, got a couple of assists. How difficult, obviously, you are playing on the international stage and it's a huge occasion, but in those conditions, how difficult is it as a back three player to stay motivated? To be bothered. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, when you're so cold. They were bringing on water bottles full of hot water for the girls to put their hands around just to keep their hands moving and warm. So how difficult is it to stay focused and motivated? Um... It's a really good question because, to be fair, it is difficult. Um, but you normally try and find someone that looks a little bit colder than you and <laughs> just feel <laughs> feel better about yourself. Um, I don't know. I always kind of would try and bring a bit of humour to everything. Um, you've got to kind of just get on with it. And um, I suppose the good thing about England is they have the ability to move the ball. Um, yeah. I would love to know how um, Rona Lloyd felt. I don't think she touched the ball more than once in the whole game. Um, and... Yeah, I think in terms of England, we talked about the backs, but Zoe Allcroft up front, the second row, was just yeah. absolutely incredible. Um, and, you know, the burner was literally out to prove a point, having not got the starting shirt last Well, and we also know week. what that point is. Um, she wants to go to Tokyo and play seven. <laughs> and yet again, she puts her hand up. Oh, mate, she made this unbelievable live break and then just got snipered from no one in the crowd because there was no one in the stadium (laughs) but actually should we talk about that because I know I've actually been quite surprised because you're normally a a, a bit of a feminist just a a little little tiny one um and you hate inequality and you hate the thought of women being there being a massive disparity between the sport but you've actually You've bit back. You've think, gone. You've gone mental and actually disagreed with I, some of the comments. I don't think that we help our cause at times with this because we're very quick to um, suggest that it is because it's women's sport. Whereas maybe it's ring rust. Maybe I've just done this for too long. But I've I've worked on lots of games that have been moved because of weather or because of things like that. And the normal solution is for it to be behind closed doors because of the logistics. Now, I said that... Well, the World Cup was going to be behind closed doors. Because yeah, absolutely. It's, because actually it's not just about staffing the area. It's also the safety of expecting fans to travel. Because it, it, it had gone from Glasgow to Edinburgh but as it's, well. So it's, it was a little bit of travel. Absolutely. But it's also things like... It, 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 gusty out it's there. It's not just a case. It, it's a legal requirement. If you have... If you're expecting a crowd, you have to put on a minimum amount of stewards. So say they opened the bottom tier of Murrayfield, they have to put on a minimum amount of, sh- of stewards for that. Well, it's Monday. Those people are in work. You also have to open the bars. You have to have... 
St. John's Ambulance there for crowd. This game was turned around. I don't want to criticise them, but... I know. (laughs) I know. Leave it. Work experience. Leave it. um, But for me, that's where I felt, at the end of the day, the RFU and the SIU would have been consulted on when they wanted to play this game. They would have been given the option of playing it next Saturday. I'm sure of that. And if that had been the case, it would have been open to the public. No doubt about that. It would have been a case of your tickets are still valid. There's Pro 14 action next weekend. So they wouldn't have been been able to play at Scottsdale because I think Glasgow are at home. Today, because we're recording this on Monday, the game was at lunchtime, Skaz overtook Katie Daly-McLean. Oh, yeah, of course. Big news. Now, I propose throwing down a challenge to the two of them. It is really funny. So they, you want to put it into context with the points. They're the top point scorer for the Red Roses. And early and in they're their both career, still playing. Early in career, Katie would do <coughs> all of the, uh, pretty much all of the kicking duties. Yeah. Um, Skaz has taken that over mainly because of um, because of the distance that she has yeah. in her kick, um, and also probably, um, in fairness to Katie, some of the consistency, but. Uh, Last week, we didn't see Skaz's best performance. Was it last week? Off the tee? Not quite sure. No, maybe I'm looking... Maybe I'm thinking a while ago, but... Um, it's also taken the pressure off of Katie, who's playing some pretty good rugby. Oh, she's playing some of her best rugby um, I think I've ever seen her play at the age of 54. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they're like now two points difference. If I was Katie, I wouldn't pass Skaz the ball. No chance. Well, or I'd pass the ball in loads of contact, so there was no way she was going to get over the line. Well... <laughs> Whichever one of the two of them finishes the tournament on higher points gets a tryhard's water bottle. So, wow. Yeah, I know that they want to win a Grand Slam and stuff like that. Forget that, girls. Forget it. The bigger prize here is a tryhard's water bottle. Skaz, Katie, whoever comes out on top is coming your way. Wow. And you are pretty strict on who has them. I've had to request them and put it in writing formally to have some brought to London. Those things are hot, hot property. So, Talk about the men's game. Yeah, well, let's. <laughs> wow. Um, oh, wow. interesting. Um, give myself a little pat on the back. So oh, we were we doing go. some um, reviewing for our match point predictions, and um, I was pretty close to my score this sh- for the scores this week. I can't speak again. I've lost my. <laughs> um, but I basically said it was going to come down to penalties and kicks um i wasn't quite aware of the complete conditions that um, oh. the boys were going to face um but i also talked about the importance of the nines and lo and behold um willie hines had an interesting influence interesting game um yeah like he's consistent passing the ball and that type of thing but that ki- those kicks i you just can't excuse that many errors and i know the conditions are terrible you just make bloody sure that the ball is going to stay on the field yeah um to kick it off three times to try and do the hero kick is just not worth it um so yeah and oh hoggy oh my god i honestly so by that point i'd had a few beers i watched it at home with mum and dad and managed to notice by your tweet oh um i I was having i was having a lovely afternoon with the fam and we had a chinese takeaway um delightful but i I had chicken and sweet corn soup and pancake rolls. Me and Karen Jones had the same thing. I like chicken and sweet corn soup. My mum used to make us that. Oh, ch- did you have the canor one that you cracked no, the egg made, into? mate. Oh, all right. She'd, boil, she'd literally boil the bones, which is probably her picking meat off of 
the inner rib cage of a chicken is probably one of the things that will last with me for the rest but of my life. But you know life. what? I guarantee that Suba, because she's a vet, it's that thing of like, it's like she's in surgery. My dad, when he carves the chicken on a Sunday, has to like talk you through it, but obviously only like the joints because that, they're the bits he knows. <laughs> when he gets to the breast, he goes pretty quiet about pa- it. Apparently in Italy, the par- you know the parson's nose? No. So it's the little triangle bit at the back that actually covers the chicken's bum hole. Yeah. Um, Why is fat. it called a parson's nose? Isn't it something to do with the shape of a parson's nose? I don't know. Um, is it religious? Parson? A parson, yeah. A parson's like a Yeah, I think it's like a, something like that. I'll, I'll ask mum. But, yeah, apparently it's a delicacy. Ew. Yeah. Not, I'm, I'm not down with that. Anyway. Should we, I mean, we've di- we got digressed into chicken and Chinese. Yeah, sorry. I'd had a couple of beers and I got very... I I was giving that try to England at, at that point. I was like, what what has gone on here? And it's one of those things where we debated it a little bit, myself and Ross Harris on Sunday when we were in for Scrum 5. And I do think sometimes the TMO has a little bit of human kind of morality and <laughs> in that moment Stuart Hogg's a lovely bloke and he didn't deserve it so yeah no 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 way no way he got there first he got there first enough downward pressure with his chest yeah no chance you know last year I'm pretty sure so I worked on Worcester Quins in the premiership <laughs> big one um, with BT Sport and I was pitch side and there was a player and I can't remember who it was or which team but basically Great they story. grounded the ball with their hip and it was awarded a try and there was this big debate about was the ball not forward and was it grounding? And they actually had to get the law book out to look at the laws to see where the grounding point is um, for the body and, and, like, and, and where it ca- and where the cutoff point is. And I'm pretty sure it's, it's, the waist, it's to it? the waist. So it, the, ca- the, the try stood. Um, I was working with Ben Kay and we actually disagree. I got it. It's going back some now, but... It just, I had this flashback of this like whole debate about body and hip and where what's grounding. And to be fair, I am so happy that he did that because oh. he looks so sad when he stood up. He, Bless just, him. he just doesn't deserve it. He's one of the nicest blokes on earth mm. in rugby or not. So, like, let's not talk much more about that game because, wow, it's one to be concerned. I mean, I can't imagine the highlights DVD is going to sell many. You know, it's interesting because people always talk about, but the, I think the difficulty at Murrayfield is the fact that the wind swirls. Um, yeah. I've played there. I've dropped the ball over the line. It was nothing to do with the wind. I actually got my knee caught and I just dribbled the ball onto the floor. <laughs> but um, I've played in the game and it'll probably link on now into the... Um, the island Wales because it was at Donnybrook um a few years ago and I've never played in wind like it and in the first half we knew that as soon as Scat the ball literally I mean I don't even I don't even feel she needed to actually try and kick it she just needed to place it on her foot and really? it would have gone 80 meters um but we actually played really badly in the first half when we had the wind and yeah we had territory but our basics were poor our um tactics were weren't great um kicked away a lot of possession when actually it was on to run it um all sorts of things do you always get like a false sense of confidence when you've got the wind behind you in terms of like utilizing that it for kicking territory like well we've got it so let's get down there yeah put pressure on the opposition but also it's actually quite (laughs) hard um to when you're when you're passing the ball because the ball pulls away from somebody um and so you end up having to really pull the ball back 
one if you don't it's either forward or it's knocked on so yeah. the timing of the pass is actually quite is actually quite difficult um but we turned around and in the second half it was literally like right tuck it up our jumpers we can't kick and we were awesome everyone was yeah. like smashing over the gain line like played brilliantly um i think we were winning or we were drawing like five all at half time even though we had that wind and then we we ran away with it in the second half um it's it, it's a fascinating mindset when you have weather like that and I think it was I don't know whether it's in studio or commentary when they were talking about how the boys reacted to play and actually you see the quality of a, of a player and their understanding to adapt a game plan because yeah. it's basically out the window but the thing is nowadays it's not really out the window because everyone running water on is mic'd up everyone yeah. is coming on in fact um Scott Beeman the England attack coach for the women's was running water today now was that because Zoe Harrison got her first yeah. Start for a little while at 10, maybe. I don't know. So there are messages coming on, but actually the skill set to adapt how you pass and the technical detail of where you strike the ball when you kick it, your angles, that's when you do see the quality of a player. And that's why I suppose some of the stuff was pretty disappointing. I know that you wanted to talk about the fact that his absence you personally agree with, but do you think that Finn Russell would have made a difference in that game for Scotland? Um... Potentially, because it was one of those, the bounce of a ball could have co totally changed. And that's what happened the year before last in the Calcutta Cup game at Murrayfield. Yeah, um, I think I am a huge believer in consistency and culture. And once you set it, you set it. Yeah. And it's really hard because he's saying stuff, other stuff's coming out of camp from players. Um, Gregor Townsend saying something else and you never really know exactly what's happened like you know to be fair a player having the opportunity to speak their mind in the press is probably a novelty so actually having that I mean Ellis Genge as well him being like we're seeing a slightly different I, I think they're probably two different um, situations for me um Finn signed his death warrant by doing that interview with Mark Palmer now whether he's trying to show his hand because he thinks that um, Gregor's time is perhaps n numbered. He certainly is not going to play in that system again under Gregor Townsend after doing that interview with Mark Palmer in the Times. Yeah, which is bizarre, but then you don't know what words have been spoken. He might have been told... You're not you, going to play again yeah, in my I mean, setup. I was told very early on in my career I was, I'd never captain England. So, you know, there's certain things that are told to players at different times yeah. that, that do stick. Um, and for whatever reason that's happened, I think it is a real shame because he is an incredible player that is so unique and lights up fields in totally different way to anybody else. Yeah. He's performing ridiculously well um, at the moment in Europe. But I personally believe that if as a head coach, I've played under, under coaches that have have allowed certain players to do some things other and it's just becomes that's not how rugby works no. it's one in all in and it genuinely is that and if he's decided take it on himself to go and get completely wasted when other players have been told two beers then phew, i think he he deserves to be punished now the problem is is he's gone and done this interview and that's probably like you say that's it yeah, definitely for the Six Nations. I can't see how that's going to be patched over before the end. It's interesting because you've got people in some quarters lauding Finn Russell for being this maverick character. Rugby needs more of that. And then Ellis Genge gives a really honest interview. And you know my feelings on the way that players and media train nowadays. 
very, very rare for anyone affiliated with the Rugby Football Union of England to have that kind of honesty and no and not be fearful in that interview environment. I thought it was an absolute breath of fresh air. I thought he was fantastic. Um, I thought that Sonia did really well just to let him talk as well. He knew what he wanted to say. Sausages. Sausages. Um, the fact that he had a beer in his hand. I I made the point in the office, and maybe I'm being unfair, but I know that Ellis shared some screen grabs of responses on social media that basically called him a chav. Now, change that situation up. If that had been Chris Robshaw after a game four or five years ago, giving an interview, and he had a swig of a beer, people would go, that's the rugby spirit. That's what it's all about. Boys enjoying a beer after a game. Because Ellis isn't posh, doesn't come from a private school, public school, There, there's a certain kind of stereotype of him. I think he's been treated really unfairly, and I think that we... Be more Genge. That, I think that's what we all want to take into <laughs> everything. Know, well, I don't know. I mean, <coughs> I'm a Somerset girl and I can't I can't be more Bristolian. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a West Country girl, like deeper and darker than the Bristol. <laughs> but, you know, I actually think just one thing that hasn't been mentioned is if you watch to the end of that uh, interview, um, Eddie Jones comes in. Yeah. And Eddie Jones is laughing and he's smiling and he's enjoying He's clearly enjoyed the interview yeah, and how Sonia's reacted. Now, that to me shows exactly how Eddie is running his, his yeah. ship in terms of how he wants the players to be. And if people, and you know, he's outspoken. Sonia again did a great job of hounding him for an answer about why he does what he does. And actually, the most important person to Ellis in terms of his England career is the current England coach because yeah. he's the one that's going to give him the shirt on his back. And if he is smiling and enjoying it, then you know what? I think we all probably need to loosen up a little bit and probably enjoy it as well. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Island Wales. Uh, yeah, but do you know what the weird thing was? So women's it kicked off and it was like glorious sunshine and we're in the office and we're like what you know where's this storm kira we've got our crew over See there like <laughs> our crew <laughs> over there like they're not going to make it home all this kind of thing and then so i think it was about the 55 minute mark it just turned tell you what worth the photos there's a couple of cracking yeah. photos. Big up to Dan Sheridan from Info. He's already signed, sealed and delivered his Irish Sports Photo of the Year award there, I think. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, and also, big up to those young girls who were still oh. on the terraces. <laughs> like, please, loved I, that. Please, can we try and clip that out? Because, and put that to some music or something. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's literally... Music, bewitched, blame it on the weatherman. What a tune. Can't, I was trying to hum some Irish song, but I couldn't work it out. I can't get it. I'll play it for you later. Okay. I've probably got it on my Spotify. Um, unbelievable commitment to stay out there. It just... <laughs> it's the one who's still trying to wave a flag, though. <laughs> You're like, go so, on, girl. Um, yeah, no, uh, I think in terms of Ireland... 
they just showed a different physicality. That um, the Irish front row. Yeah. Oh my god, Lindsay Pete, Cleaner Maloney, and your uh, player of the match. I, I'm not sure how I've not commentated on her before. Linda Dugan. Dugan. Yeah. Um, Cleaner Maloney got player of the match, but. Any one of those three could have had it. Yeah, cleaner was class. One of the tries from Sene, the offload out the back. Oh, Wales it was defense. the delay for it though. Yeah, but the, but such clever, clever play um, because Wales's defence was holding out. Um, they they'd leaked a try early on from. I mean, brilliant footwork from Bevan Parsons again. Um, oh my god, she's but it, eighteen, it, mate. Yeah, I know. Like she's still in school. She hasn't done her leaving cert, her A levels equivalent. <laughs> Why are we yeah. so old? You are, mate. I'm not going to get capped for Wales. Got... I'm starting to realise <laughs> I've had my day. I got my cap, my first cap, just before my A level exams. Um, safe to say that I then thought I was the bee's knees and didn't do very well in my A levels. To be fair, um... <laughs> are you a bit fearless on the pitch when you're that young, or? Yeah, you play with a nervous. massive amount of confidence and she's got awesome footwork. She's she's quick. She's played on the seven series. I think she's brilliant. She just, I think the hard thing is the fact that like when I first got capped, I was the youngest by about 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were actually sat at dinner and then we were chatting about when we started playing rugby. And um, I'd played rugby longer than someone that had had over 50 caps. Really? Because they'd all start like a lot yeah. of them at that time had started at university. Um, I think there is a different dynamic now because a lot of the girls are younger. Yeah. Um, Zoe Harrison actually did an interview from England um, on BT Sport uh, Rugby Tonight. And um, she was talking about the young players coming in. And <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure she's only 21 herself. <laughs> So yeah, it's great that they're getting the experience. I was oh like, God. wow. The thing wow. with Bevan Parsons is she's 18, but she doesn't look it. She's like... A solid athlete. She's like, she's unbelievable, like size, shape on her. You know who she reminds me of actually is Jodie Owensley. Um, oh, really? The sevens player in terms of physique um, and form. Like Not she's, she's how, how How tall is Jodie, do you reckon? A little bit taller than me, I think. No, just in terms of physically developed at such a yeah. young age, in terms of their athletic ability. Um, but yeah, I think going back to Linda, well, Jugan, Jugan, Jugan. Um, so she started at three, powered her way through for a Sarah Byrne esque try. I'm yeah. sure she won't want to be called that because you'll want to be herself. Yeah. Um, but then ended up at Lucid. So. I actually only just get yourself a girl who can do both. Yeah, too right. Um, Coaches. <laughs> it's interesting. Oh, we've I've done it. I've said it. It's interesting. Um, it better be. M- Malloy like big dialed up when we did the live podcast and said, you know, to expect big things from them and all this kind of thing. The carrot of World Cup qualification is ahead of them. They have to perform well and they look really good. They looked really good on the weekend. And as yep. much as they put Wales to the sword in the second half a bit, I. Wales are improving. It's a really young side. There are definitely like shoots of green there. Uh, Alicia Butcher's started this week. Yeah, 30 tries. Th- 330 tries. Tackles. Tackles. <laughs> You're right, mate. I got, got I'm quite tired. Sorry, I was just... <laughs> I wasn't interested when you said the interesting thing. Um, yeah, 30 tackles. That's quite a lot. It is a lot. I so, don't think I made 30 at fullback for England. In your career. Ever. <laughs> I've heard. Um, I would come in the line and do some just because I get bored back there but um you know Wales weren't terrible on the weekend but Ireland looked very good yeah no, fair play to do you them. think they'll trouble England weekend after next 
Set piece uh, yeah. they went well. Yeah, I think set piece, um, they've always been pretty decent. Um, I think in terms of England's all round game, they're gonna be they're gonna be too tough for them. Yeah. But the one thing you can guarantee with Ireland is if you run into him, they tackle you hard. Yeah. Um and they've now got, in my opinion, far more exciting backline. Um and you know, Bevan Parsons is a great example. Um, Delaney on the other wing, she scored, and like, yeah, maybe a little bit soft defence, but she scored a good try. So it'll be interesting to see how they cope with the kicking variety that yeah. England have, as well as, you know, the onslaught of physicality that they have across the park. You know, Sarah Beckett in uh, number six jersey, Sarah Hunter today, um, both big power players. Even Fleeter, you know, as one of the smaller players, is still busting through yeah. and fending. So, um, I think, I think they will challenge them. Um, I think they will definitely more so than Ireland, uh, more than Scotland. Sorry, um, but yeah, hopefully it's a good match. Um, one thing you brought Fleeter up there. Um, just wanted to, you know, put our prayers out for her fake eyelashes in those conditions <laughs> up at Murrayfield because she put a picture out today when she said, "And when you get caught." <laughs> pretending or when you get caught showing what your eyelashes are like with snowflakes in and there's like a picture of the hands being all spiders like yeah bless her Lols. looks gammed um tell you what i was impressed with before we move on to the men's game how many people that were unbelievably tanned over in donnybrook oh Lindsay pete i tell you what, what are you using a bit of cocoa brown there marissa carter island's finest unbelievable anyway should we move on to from one set of tanners to the next the wales men um yeah i think Good game. Uh, maybe a little bit disappointing in terms of what it could have been. Um, just because we weren't really sure how Wales were going to perform after the Italy game. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they, they brought it they brought it to the Irish boys. But I think what was impressive for me was that Ireland were super happy with territory over possession and their tactical kick in, um, just just saying, right, there you go, Wales, you, yeah. you have the ball. A um, couple of soft tries. It was really disappointing that Tompkins um, leaked that try quite early on. Yeah. Was over chasing defence. Um, but do you know what? The, like massive shoes to fill in the, in terms of like it's, George North wasn't right at thirteen. The right decisions were made, I think, in terms of selection in the centres. But Wales fans are spoiled, and they forget that John Davis is a world class operator. And perhaps some of the things that we've talked about with. Um, Thirteen women. is ridiculous. Yeah, how to but all defence comes from thirteen in the defensive patterns that Wales have played for the past ten years under Sean Edwards, and of course they've got a new defence coach. But I don't think they've they haven't ripped up what came before. Um, so yeah, obviously massively missed John Davis. It'll be great if Liam Williams is back for the France game in a fortnight's time. Um, I refuse to believe that the Josh van der Fleer try was a try, but whatever. Whatever. Uh, I can't remember the wording, but I'm pretty sure, though, the ref had seen the grounding and then he just checked to see Unless if there's been an X-ray vision. You see through, like, people's <laughs> backs and stuff. Like, do me a favour. I love it when referees, like, dart onto their knees or, like, skidding around and trying to work. Have you seen the video of the... Um, I think it's American football. No, yeah. And he like slides Oh my God, down. have you seen the video from New Zealand on the weekend? No. Uh, the referee card, I'm pretty sure it was New Zealand, not Prody too, but the ref cards a player and basically he's got a red card in one pocket and a yellow card in the other and he pulls out his red instead of his yellow <laughs> and he like pulls out the red and the player's like, Whoa! and he's like, Whoa! 
said he has to like shove it back in his pocket, pull the yellow one out instead, and apologise. It's really funny. Jokes, yeah. jokes, banter, lols, gotcha. Do you know what one thing last weekend's taught me, or made me like convinced of? We're not gonna have a grand slam this year. Well, no, all those stats. I, I, at the live pod event, the Battle of the Pods. I reckon it's gonna be. Um, one loss and I think it will go to I, I think points it's going to go to points difference and I actually think it's be, I think it's I think I called at the time France um, Ireland and England I think England might get it because they but then actually they didn't get a bonus point no. because of the Scot yeah mm, true right well anyway th- there's not much else I really want to talk about with that game because I mean apart from CJ C. Sander unbelievable techers at turning over the ball do you think he got a yellow card so that he could have a solo standing ovation before the end of the match <laughs> are you going to take me off boss no okay I, that was my South African accent okay cool I was just just checking who yeah, was speaking I tried I tried um, really hard with that as well no you didn't no honestly like it's so hard it's the hardest accent to do I'm not even going to try um, some good South African accents in the France team so let's move on to France <laughs> Italy commentated Oh, yeah, and you did. Highlights for ITV. Indeed. Um, enjoyed that one, actually, because I thought it was going to be a bit of a one-sided affair um, with the French after last weekend. But some ridiculous play. And they hardly... I mean, we talk about stats and stuff like that with com- when you're commentating. And they, and I was looking back at, right, what do they do? What was the... What are the game plan and what was the makeup of their performance against um England and they hardly offloaded and they did certain but it's because <coughs> why would you try to against a team that physically dominates yeah. collisions whereas against Italy you know that like a reasonable amount of time you can win that battle potentially yeah. um and some of the offloading Dupont was absolutely like on fire again they're insane those halfbacks aren't they yeah it was 23 and max 20 and seren came off the bench um and was like you know what sod everyone talking about dupont i'm going to do an individual yeah. i'm going to do no, i'm just going to set Try one the up. tournament no i reckon it will be nah really it was annoying. just a, it i was tweeted seren gas and it only had like three likes and it was some of my best work of the six nations so far <laughs> yeah I, you know i um what about that back row though? Olivan and Aldrit. Ooh. Yeah. Aldrit, he's young as well. Do you know his Aldrit? dad's Scottish? Is he? Yeah. His mum's French, his dad's Scottish. Um, you know what I do like is what? the fact that they all wear different colour scrum caps so you can actually oh. tell who all of them are. Yeah. Um, that's unbelievable in terms of their decision making. Um, although I do feel like sometimes some of the back rowers do wear their hats and be like, to claim, yeah, it was me. I got that turnover. The interesting thing about the France-Italy game, though, so everyone's, it's the Sean Edwards era, um, you know, look how changed France are. That's the most points they've shipped to Italy. Long time. In a long time. Yeah, and but, you know, some of the Italian attack was good. Some of their yeah. offloading. Was it poor defence and defensive reads not picking up the offload runners? I don't know, maybe a little bit. Tomar got apps. Teddy Tomar is a class class player big tall athlete but Minotzi absolutely tied him in knots yeah. at the weekend down that left-hand channel he, I think he he has got quite a French attitude in terms of when he's on fire he and he's a goal hanger too like he's looking <laughs> he's looking for to get on the end of things and then when it's like <laughs> defensively he's a bit like uh, I'm not gonna score from here so yeah. so he talks about it in commentary um was the big thing for me about that game was everyone was talking about can France perform are they consistent and it just really bugs me, and this is where I think Sean Edwards was bringing is 
not getting bored of the basics yeah and not and not changing things for changing things sake yeah. whether that is in a game something's working let's not change it you know so many times the ball would get kicked to enter Mac from the restart yeah kick the ball he didn't kick the ball out because the Italian line out was pretty decent drilled it down five 15 meter channel he did go into the middle a couple of times but he kick it back they'd put a whole heap of pressure on in the midfield sometimes turn it over but they'd basically stun it- Italy's attack yeah get the ball back play brilliant Italy score and then towards the end he decides all of a sudden he's not going to do that he this is towards the end of the game pretty yeah. much one of the last plays of the game he's not going to kick it He's going to do a switch with Aldrich, who gets absolutely pummeled by three Italian defenders that have actually chased to put as much pressure on the kicker because they were obviously expecting that. And they get turned over and I can't remember whether it led to a try or pretty much led to, you know, well, it was Italy's ball five metres from the French line. And then there was another time where there was kick tennis and they were going back and forth. And actually France were on the on the upper hand. They were gaining more territory. They were pinning the Italians back. Alan's kick was getting like higher and choppier um, each each time he struck the ball. And then all of a sudden Entermatt decided to run it and then got turned over Italy ball. And it's just really bizarre. But but. And you kind of go, well, you know, he's a young player. He's trying things out. That is where you see someone's class. Yeah. You know, you see someone come onto the field or start and they do the basics time and time and time again. They don't get bored of that. It isn't a cultural thing. That's a game management thing. Yeah. I just feel like it just takes away from all of the amazing work that they do. You know, my dad always used to say to me that a game you start off with a uh, a plain white piece of A4 paper and every mistake you get a, you get a dot on there and when people look at that white piece of paper they don't look at all of the white they look at the one dot and it's that and that is the kind of thing that happens with Entomac I think yeah. unfortunately but they got the result there was some magnificent attack um, and I don't know I think it's just a watch do you see space them winning in them. Cardiff? yes but then I also see them imploding yeah um, so <laughs> Who knows? Let's have a quick word because we are running out of time. We've gone very long today on this. Quick word on France, Italy. Women. First time that Italy has scored in France. Ten years. Thanks to Scrum Queens. That was a great stat. Hat tip, Scrum Queen. Baritin, Scrum Half. Probably one of my favourite players to watch. She's like, she's brilliant. She's been around for years. She's brave as, great running game. She gets an intercept in the 22 <laughs> and runs the length. Honestly, she hits the 50 metre line and she goes, it, her head goes back. It's like Nolly Waterman style. Her head <laughs> goes back, gets slower. But then the French get even slower on the chase. <laughs> so it's basically a jog over the chai line. First try in, in France in 10 years are just unbelievable. But the last couple of games, it's well, last year, Italy beat Italy France. beat France over, it was over in Italy. So it shows the home and away um, advantage. But fair play, um, to the French physical Safi and Daye was uh, superb yeah um, ball carry and Rigoni the Italian 10 put in a really good performance um, she can be sometimes a little bit erratic with her kicking but tactically was really on point um, and unfortunately they just got bullied in the collision yeah um, every time they took the ball into contact they either got stripped or, or would lose it because it was just t- such a physical um, contest from the French um, but yeah, there was an 18 year old at fullback for the Italians because Furlan's injured. Yeah. Um, she got peppered a little bit and made a few errors, but I think there's some really exciting talent. The highlight for me from that French side, um, is 
it's good to see them bounce back. It's good to see another crowd. They like loved it. Band was going wild. Um, Sonsu at um yeah. at nine. She is a, a brilliant little player. She's clearly annoying Bourdon at the moment at, at ten because she keeps trying to go into nine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, whether she's forgetting because I've done that before um, but yeah all of the limelight has gone on to Sansu's yeah. and she so Bourdon's asking for the ball out the back they're right on the try line and then Sansu snipes hands someone off battles her way through and scores a try and it's a bit like yeah well done mate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice one good one right on that note um, we're going to have some guests next week I'm not going to tell you who because we haven't confirmed them um, yeah but we have have we? Yeah. We will be back next Monday after the fallow weekend. Bye for now. Bye.